Most curriculums come with 180 days of lessons. So we assume we need to make 180 days of lesson plans. You could choose to do that and use those 180 days of lesson plans. But today on this episode, I would like to offer you a different perspective and to let you know why I don't use uh, box curriculums very often. And if I do, I highly modify them because 180 days of lesson plans just does not work for us. And I'll let you know what we do instead. First, I want to put a disclaimer out there to be sure to check your state's regulations. In Oklahoma, we have to have 180 days of lessons, and we do get 180 days of learning in. In fact, most years we have way more than 180 days. Once we reach 180, I usually stop tracking, but as most of you know, we learn all the time. And so you really can't quantify the days that we're learning. I didn't understand for a while why we always felt behind and why I was so frustrated when it looked like others could do it. Others loved these various curriculums. Um, Even my mentor and some friends plan three full terms of content. Charlotte Mason recommended three 12-week terms. And so many of my friends did that. They planned three 12-week terms. And I was always so frustrated. First of all, it didn't work for our schedule. We travel a lot. We like to take advantage of various learning opportunities that arise, such as going to um, historical reenactor events or taking field trips. And even adding in service opportunities that sometimes happen during the school hours. So whenever we use 180 days of lessons or doing three 12-week terms, that left no flexibility for me to add in these special field trips or to take advantage of learning opportunities on our trips. So what we needed instead was a way to enjoy the learning Instead of barreling through lesson plans and feeling like we have to keep going in order to keep up, I wanted to be able to incorporate these trips and field trips and special learning opportunities into our education. I have now found a system that works really well for us. Instead of planning the 12 the three 12-week terms, we actually only plan two 11-week terms each year. So that looks like 22 weeks of content, two weeks of exams, and then since that's only 24 weeks, my remaining weeks, I have one week of teacher work days, four weeks for trips, and seven weeks of other learning. I'll go into detail about each of these areas in just a minute to give you a better idea of what that actually looks like. But this is what is working really well for us. And it took us five years for me to finally settle on and embrace this approach. Once I was able to break free of that mold of having three 12-week terms and instead embrace what made our homeschool unique and uh, meet the, a schedule that meets the needs for us, it was so freeing. I no longer felt behind. I was no longer frustrated. There are times that we still struggle to get these days in, but it's more of the struggle of we've 
just got to stay focused. We can't do everything that comes up. But this does allow us a little more flexibility. So specifically what each of those weeks looks like. I'll leave links to each of these areas in the show notes so that you can read in a a little more detail. For the content, sometimes I do want to use a boxed curriculum or a, a textbook that has more of that 36 weeks or 180 180 days of lessons. And there are a couple of things that I have done to make that work. I actually use those very sparingly because it doesn't work with our overall um, school schedule. But when I do want to use that, I could spread those lesson plans over two years, depending on what the content is. Or we could only use part of the book. I could pick and choose which pieces I really want to cover from that uh, curriculum. Or like last year, we did a science curriculum that my daughter needed to work through the whole book and I had decided she was doing the, the whole book last year. So in addition to our normal 22 weeks, we also added that into some of the other weeks. And she actually ended up having to finish that after we had had finished the majority of our content. But since it was a single subject, it wasn't that big of a deal. So you can make curriculums work for your schedule. And just be cognizant of the fact that you may need to choose curriculums that you have that mix and that flexibility. So sometimes you may need to get in those 36 weeks of lesson plans for one or two subjects, but then the rest of them can give you a little more flexibility. The rest of our content, I try to choose books and activities that will allow us to fit it into those 22 weeks. I'll have a link for a post that goes into a lot more detail about how we approach our exams, but that's basically one week after we finish the 11 week term. And we cover everything from what we've learned in that term to trips that we may have taken that occurred during that term or at the very beginning of the school year, um, any field trips that we might have taken, any anything that we have learned about since the last exam. I highly encourage you, if you do not currently use teacher work days and include those as part of your school days, to look into doing that. Be sure that it's okay with your state regulations, but most states will allow you to include those. Public and private school teachers have teacher work days that are counted towards the days of instruction, even though the children are not there. They, it's, um, just, it's staff development days, and you need those too. And even if you're not able to count those towards your instruction days, I encourage you to schedule those and make time for those. I typically spread mine over the course of the year, and at the end of each term, I will take a day to evaluate how the term has gone and look at um, what successes we have had, what changes that I might want to make for the upcoming year. I have a resource that I work through that is so helpful because it helps me get beyond that academic perspective. It helps me to look at the character of my children and 
the habits that they're building and what aspects they have improved that are not quantified by that academic learning. I'll also take a little time that day to look at the upcoming term and see if there's anything that I still need to fill in some details or that I need to schedule on the calendar. And then at the end of the year, I'll take a few days for uh, planning the next year. Now, the reality is it takes me longer to plan the next year than just a few days. But I add in a few days to our instruction time that I can plan for the next year. And then the rest of the time, I just add in as I need it. For those four weeks of trips, there are so many learning opportunities whenever you take trips. We find all sorts of museums and nature places and historical sites, um, all kinds of things that count as instruction time. Whenever we were in Sequoia National Park recently, there was an incredible display about sequoias and how they grow and where they grow and their life cycle and just all sorts of interesting facts about them. We spent time learning about that and then actually observing them and standing next to them. And so we were able to learn and connect at the same time. So what we will often do is narrate and discuss during the trip. We'll talk about what we'll, we are learning. We'll talk about the impacts that what we see has on various um, aspects of life. For example, we, one night we stayed in a hotel that was near a lake that had some major controversy surrounding the water management of that lake. And that was an excellent opportunity for us to talk about the water cycle and how the watershed uh, impacts areas upstream and downstream and how our actions impact others. So often the learning that happens on our trips is much broader than just very specific little details. And so we'll talk about these things as we go. But it's also important to ask your child to recall some of this information later. And I like to do that by using um, exam questions and pulling in some of that content that you have learned on a trip to make sure that they're still retaining that or that they have processed it. And you'll probably find too that it will just naturally come up in conversation because it's interesting information. The Sequoias, we recently were at a church event and having a discussion with some um, people at our table at dinner and talking about the differences in Sequoias and Red Redwood the differences in sequoias and redwood trees. And my daughters were explaining, you know, they, they live in different climates. And so you'll find them in different places and just what some of those differences were and how impactful that was to them. And so they naturally bring it up. What I often do when we're on trips, in addition to our oral narrations and discussions, we'll do three types of written narrations. And I don't do all of these on the same trip necessarily, but I have. Sometimes I'll do, have them do a written report about one aspect of our trip. 
um, we had learned so much about the sequoia trees that I actually had them do a written narration, a written report about everything they had learned about sequoias. And they they did a great job, but it took them time to think through and process what they were had learned and organize their thoughts and how they want to present it and what information even was important for them to present. And then actually write the report. And they did the whole thing while we were on our trip but in the evenings during our time at the hotels. Uh, sometimes I'll have them send postcards to family and friends and just tell them a snippet of information about something they did or learned that day. And sometimes we've done travel journals. Um, even if your family does not travel very often and you're just traveling to some fun location, you can usually find really interesting places to visit as part of that vacation. So I encourage you to consider counting those as school days and to take pictures of what you're doing and to narrate them and discuss them and allow your children to have that different perspective of seeing and experiencing the world firsthand. Our other seven weeks looks different each year, but some of the things that we have done include local field trips, um, either in our city or around our state. Um, they're usually day trips. It could be to museums. It could be to historical reenactors. It could be to something such as Capitol Day, where we get to go to the Capitol and meet the legislators and be a part of um, our larger state's organiza homeschool organization. We Some years we'll use uh, time at events such as Teen Pact or time spent at the science fair. Sometimes time, whenever we go to um, plays or musicals or orchestra events, I'll count some of that time or a half day for that time, depending on what it is. And don't forget to include summer camps. My girls have done various things, such as our our local community college has summer classes for students to expose them to different aspects of learning than what they might normally choose. And so it's a couple hours um, for one week. They get to experience, say, a computer class or a babysitting class. So we'll count that. Sometimes they've done the territorial schoolhouse. And so they get to experience school as it was in the 1800s. So fun activities and it's normally outside of the uh, typical school year. And so sometimes we don't remember to count those learning opportunities. Well, also for us, we found that having a mini term with a special focus works really well. So usually four to five weeks at the beginning of our school year is a mini term. And it's kind of a way to help us ease back into the school year and have a special focus as we're trying to, to reestablish our habits and work back into it. It looks a little different each year, but some of the things that we have done include working on a handicraft and reading some really great literature that we don't always have time to read together um, during the normal school year. 
Some years we have used that time for science fair preparation, where they can work on their experiments and get their research lined up and do some extra reading. Or maybe we will learn a new skill, such as sketchnoting and listening to some TED Talks and practicing our sketchnoting while we listen, or writing a research paper. If you have an activity that requires a chunk of your your student's time that is difficult to fit into your typical school day during the school year, you might consider having a mini term and just diving deep and focusing on that one aspect. As you are looking at how you might break out your year and what your schedule might look like, it will be different than mine. You may need to have more weeks of content and fewer weeks for those mini terms or special events or fewer weeks for travel. The point is that you need to make this work for your family and not anybody else's. So look at where your current frustrations are and look at what your current schedule is and see how you can make your educational learning, your planned instructional time fit into that already. So I want to encourage you to make sure you're meeting your state's requirements, but make homeschooling work for your family. Don't be afraid to deviate from what everyone else is doing. If you're feeling frustrated and not able to get all of the school learning in, all of the instruction time in that you want um, to be doing, it's okay to use resources in a way that was different than what they originally intended. It's okay for you to make it work for your children, your schedule, and your family. Until next time, I hope you have a triumphant day. Would you like to stop feeling overwhelmed and behind on lessons? Would you like to get back on track and gain control of your homeschool days and avoid that drowning sensation? If so, I encourage you to go to triumphantlearning.com forward slash basics. You can download a free PDF that will walk you through the process of identifying the basics in your homeschool so you can have successful homeschool days. You will also learn how to set realistic expectations and make changes to your schedule so you can have a triumphant homeschool. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Your feedback will help other homeschool moms find the show so they can be equipped to create a calm, peaceful home atmosphere too. Until next time, I hope you have a triumphant day.